Hello, and welcome to the Meaningful Learning with Dr. Samantha Cotrera podcast. Many of you know that I started this series as a way to share my academic conference presentations to a wider audience, but then I expanded the podcast in spring of 2020 to bring you the audio versions of my pandemic pedagogy conversations I've been hosting on YouTube. The conversations that I'm going to be having for the upcoming 2020-2021 school year focus not just on the ideas of teaching history during and after the pandemic like the spring series did, but also history-adjacent ideas that we can use to think about making our history teaching more responsive and broad to the world that students are engaging in today. Like in the spring, the conversations on the podcast are unedited conversations, so you might hear buffering or the repetition of a question or an answer, but the content fundamentally remains the same as the video. Enjoy this version of Pandemic Pedagogy for fall, winter 2020-2021. I just want to flag that because we film this at two separate times, the uh, volume is going to be a lot quieter for the interview. So if this is a comfortable volume for you, <laughs> um, you better turn it up even more because um, this is this is way louder than the sound is for the, um, the conversation. We'll work on that as we move through the series. Thanks for understanding. Hi everyone, Dr. Samantha Cotrera here for the Imagining a New We video series, a video blog um, designed to help history teachers and other history educators teach history in ways that are more meaningful, transformative, and inclusive for their students. September 30th is Orange Shirt Day, and you can see that I am wearing an orange shirt, a beautiful, gorgeous orange shirt, um, designed by the Ojibwe Two-Spirit artist Patrick Hunter, and that's who we're going to be talking about today. We're talking to today, not talking about, although I'm sure we'll be talking about him as well but like with him. So we like, tell me about yourself. Um, one of the things that I'm doing for this pandemic pedagogy series in the fall is not just talking to people about those three questions that I talked to people in the spring about. Do you think history, um, <laughs> sorry, B, um, do you think about history any differently because of the pandemic and Black Lives Matter and everything that's happened since March? Do you think we're going to teach history differently after this? And do you think we'll get a chance to imagine a new we after this moment too? I'm not just going to ask people about those questions related to history and history teaching, one of the elements of pandemic pedagogy that I am going to model is to broaden our conversations broader than what we kind of imagined uh, a traditional like video series or like curriculum, for example, uh, could look like and broaden it in interdisciplinary ways with other conversations to bring in new elements of teaching and learning. So we're not just like doing what we've done before, but trying to do things differently and, and having new conversations with new types of people like artists like Patrick is part of that. So I'm really excited to talk to him today on um, Orange Shirt Day, September the 30th. So let's go over to Patrick and talk about this fantastic artwork and the significance of Orange Shirt Day. Patrick, thank you so much for agreeing to speak to me, um, especially to talk about um, Orange Shirt Day, September 30th. Um, I know that you are based in Toronto, but are in Sault Ste. Marie right now. So thank you for finding the time. Before we begin, can you introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Patrick Hunter. I'm from a little town in the bush called Red Lake, Ontario. You might have heard of it because it was almost burnt down. Um, but everyone... Almost, but not. The town survived, everyone's alive. And uh, I'm an artist and graphic designer. I'm also First Nations. Um, so the artwork that I do kind of comes from that cultural side of, of myself. And um, Two-Spirit, gay man, 
just trying to make it in the big old world, I guess. <laughs> in the big city. I feel like like yeah. a bus is needed and some sort of like montage. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like stuff in the city. <laughs> so we met in Toronto um, at an arts festival. I bought one of your prints that is also a feathers. And if anyone has seen any of the videos that I did doing an office tour, you know that it's above my desk. And so I've been a fan of your work for a while. And so it was so exciting to see that you have done the artwork for the orange shirt uh, for like an, the orange shirt day this year. Can you yeah. tell us about about the shirt and about what this means to you, what Orange Shirt Day means to you as an artist and how you wanted to represent that in the actual shirt, which is amazing. Sure. Um, there's different, there's so many different layers to this question. I know, that um, was, I mean, it was like a multi-part question, so. <laughs> so I, you know, just to start off, I've always wanted to, um, align myself and, and use my my talents and gifts to towards something really good and and I never really there's a billion and one causes out there to try and you know use your your superpowers for four um, and orange shirt they just seem like a good fit and um, so I had worked with Rogers on a different project before and then um, they kind of set up a meeting between me and Phyllis Webstat, who um, is the originator or like the, you know, the mind behind um, Orange Shirt Day. And just to give you guys some context on, you know, where it started and how it began. Um, she was a young girl and like most kids, just so excited to go to school. And, you know, um, unfortunately, the school that she was going to was going to be a residential school she didn't really know as a child what that meant so she bought this orange shirt and was so excited to go the next day and then cut to um her arrival at school and it's it's for those of you who don't know it's it's a boarding school situation where they um they kind of they put you in uniform so they, they took away her orange shirt and you know cut her hair gave her the rundown on if you do anything cultural culturally appropriate to your you know your background you'll be punished in x y and z horrible way so um that's that's you know the beginning of it and then um i think she just found that a lot of people weren't um didn't know the story of residential schools and you know that's kind of the fault of the canadian education system and um, I'm sure there are great teachers out there that have taught, you know, good classes on, on the subject. And I'm definitely one of them that was taught about it um, and had a great history teacher. Um, so in, in this Orange Shirt Day um, campaign, I think what she wanted to do was just kind of reclaim, like, you didn't win, like, the system didn't get me, like, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this back. And trying to <clears throat> at the same time educate more Canadians about what happened um, during that time. The Orange Shirt Day, the, the antithesis of it is just to like um, regain your culture, regain your, your sense of self and hopefully in, in, in doing that we're educating more Canadians on, on what happened and Rogers has really taken it on in a big way and, and you know just to say it like with the firing of, of Don Cherry like when they, they, there's a clear line that was drawn and then, you know, them sticking their neck out or, you know, their corporate neck in some ways with a, a, a campaign that's kind of, you know, it's not, 
it's not a sexy topic. It's a hard topic that they want to put their, their might behind and make sure that more Canadians know like what happened during residential schools, which is kind of amazing. And I'm the artist that got to do the artwork for it, which is um, also artist. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yes, I need to do like, I want to do more stuff like this. And it's, um, it's cool also to like be at the forefront uh, of hopefully more, social campaigns like this but um more corporates using or you know tapping talent from you know young artists to to work with and, and to amplify their work a lot more in, in a positive way yeah and i mean that's that's something that you've done i know from your instagram account for example that you've done a lot with um gay and lesbian bisexual transgender community like um uh, and to spirit community like things related to young artists and entrepreneurs around that which is really cool and let's just put a pin in that for a second and take a couple steps back to like <laughs> frame why we're talking about rogers no to frame why we're talking about rogers because like rogers media corporation sponsored the shirt which can be bought through the shopping channel but it is like it's shopping choice. It's the same same oh. words or same letters at the beginning, but in Canada, it's called today's shopping choice. Oh, today's shopping choice. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. I've never I didn't notice that when I went to buy the shirt. Um, and that it is like the official shirt because um, Phillips uh, Phyllis Webstad uh, like she like approved it. She worked with you. Um, yeah. Thousand purchases got a copy of uh, the book, like the intermediate or the junior version of her orange shirt yeah. book. So that's why we're talking about Rogers because Rogers put all this. Yeah, in, like you said. Yeah, it's kind of um, you know, it's it's a soup that we're all in, and yeah. Well, and like um, a big corporation like Rogers has money and connections to be able to put all these people together, and like as you were saying at the end, that can be the real power of corporations to be able yeah. to like put your money where your mouth is, put your like um, put the direction that you want um, that, that you want to be understood for as a corporation. Yeah. through sponsoring community-based young artists stories that are hard like you said yeah. and i think it's a like because you also had an exhibit at the rogers building in toronto too yeah i mean it all it all starts with just kind of it, it can anyway like um my connection to working with them kind of someone won someone that works at rogers won a door prize that happened to be my art my artwork and then you know, a meeting happened after that where they're like, can you, um, or would you be willing to exhibit your work in our gallery space? And, you know, that wasn't for money. It was just like, I saw an opportunity to, you know, expose some more people to my work. And um, that's sometimes like an opportunity is just an opportunity that leads to something even better. So I think there's sometimes a misconception with like younger artists that are like, well, I've got to get paid, man. I've got to get paid. It's like... <laughs> maybe just take a chance and I'm definitely one of those people that that um you know can at least recognize something when it's staring me in the face that's going to be good for me later on and it has like this look my work's in Dundas Square which feels awesome and it's highlighting something that um you know more Canadians need to talk about and it's just like all around it's been a pretty good September so far well, and like you had said when you started, that you understand to use your 
gifts, your superpowers for like important reasons. And one of the, so when the Black Lives Matter protest started in, uh, or started again in um, June, I wrote a blog post that said, um, if you're not doing history to make change, what the F are you doing it for? And I yeah. said that one of the, um, one of the superpowers of a historian or a history teacher is the ability to read and write and pull things together. And I think yeah. that when your superpowers are artistic, like yours are, it is really amazing when you put your energy towards making social change that is better for everyone, especially when it's rooted in things that are so difficult to wade through because there's just been legacy and legacy of ignoring these things. Yeah. Or like, yeah, sweeping under the rug or like yeah. just not even acknowledging it at all. And I don't know if that was just like a time, like let's hope it was just, the time in history and you know the leaders that be let's hope we don't have any people like that again that that you know don't want to look history in the eyes and and you know see their ancestors horribly treating people like it's it's an acknowledgement and one of the things that people in today's age really have to do like if you're not a person of color is to like one of the easiest ways to be respectful is just to kind of put yourself in other people's shoes and listen to stories that are uncomfortable that you hadn't, that you don't know about, you know? Yeah. And you know, something like orange shirt day can seem really performative, right? Like that was, that was a real criticism in June about some of the black lives matter uh, attempts at allyship that they seem more performative than like long-term change. But one of the things that I really love about Orange Shirt Day is like the brightness of the orange. <laughs> like the brightness of the orange really symbolizes when you're walking down the street, when you're in your school building, when you're in your public spaces, yeah. like the importance of acknowledging this particular bit of history. And sure, yeah. it can be performative, but it can also be the start of something really, really powerful. Because like, I'm someone that wears a lot of color, normally. <laughs> but I know that a lot of people aren't like used to wearing such bright colors. So in a sense, like wearing something bright, like an orange shirt, really like flags, like maybe this makes you a little uncomfortable. Why are you engaging in this, this activism? And what is the history behind it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, not luckily, but, you know, she was wearing an orange shirt the day she went to residential school, and that, that was taken away from her, and it's just, just so happens that, that, you know, the campaign is about, you know, reclaiming your identity, and like, like I said earlier, that the system didn't, as much as it felt like maybe at times, I'm sure, like, that, that it did beat her down and, and take away some of her you know, self-esteem and stuff like that. But in reclamate in wearing orange shirts for Orange Shirt Day, and, and you know, there's thousands of people, probably tens of thousands of people in Canada on September 30th that will be doing it. And uh, that must, I can't imagine what that must feel like for her to, uh, like Phyllis, to, you know, be the start of something so amazing. And that's, uh, that is actually, you know, whether honestly it'd be performative or, or there, and there are people that um, actively want to know more and, and, you know, have educated themselves. Like, that must feel good, you know, just to see a slew of happy faces and, and, and orange shirts that, you know, it's it's not all, always just my design. Not everyone in Canada is going to be wearing my design, but 
um, the what's cool about it is that um, a lot more indigenous people in positions like you know the friendship centers and stuff like in Canada you know they've probably done contests to get, get their own designs um, put onto shirts and, and put the words just getting out there is basically I think what I'm trying to say and there's yeah. a lot of different artists that get in the mix too and and their sh shirts and designs are really awesome as well so yeah and of course like yeah. you don't need to have like an official shirt to participate yeah. and I think that's the thing too about engaging in activism when you know I know a lot of white people in particular like you know, I want to help make change, but I don't know where to start. And yeah. I think Orange Shirt Day, especially in schools, is such an important way to start. And I know so many of my teacher friends and uh, teachers that I work with um, in a consulting capacity, like they really embrace something like this for their students. And, yeah. you know, what's interesting now, too, is because some people will be doing remote schooling on September the 30th, that yeah. there can be like, just because you don't have an orange shirt doesn't mean you can't participate right you can do it a virtual one as well yeah. but why don't we talk about your artwork and your beautiful shirt and I'll just again show people my chest but you, you don't need to change your screen to do that can you talk about the artwork and what um, like the symbolism of the, the feathers and the different feathers um, mean for you as an artist and sure. why you put those together Sure. So in, in doing a shirt with, with Rogers and with the Orange Shirt Society, um, it, it's this, it spanned, like their reach spans the entire country. So I needed in, in, you know, in the design, figuring it out, like something that, that would kind of resonate with a lot of different indigenous communities uh, across Canada. And then at the end of the day, also look, look cool that you don't, you don't just have to wear it on the third it's like you can wear it any day of the week you want and it would be awesome if more people did that but um anyway the i'm just get a little closer here um so feathers in my in i'm ojibwe but um eagle feathers or the eagle itself in indigenous cultures it's 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 revered in, in most of them i maybe not in every single one in canada but i would say the good vast majority um have a soft spot in their heart for the eagle. But anyway, the story goes that he um, carries the prayers and the goodwill of the people up to the creator. And so the creator can hear all this, you know, the things that are going on on earth. Um, and so because he flies the highest, he carries all this stuff to, up to him. And then whenever you find or are given um, an eagle feather, it, it can mean that you're totally on the right track. Um, you've done something of service to the community. You're, you know, valued. And you're, yeah, like I said, you're on the right track. So in, you know, having these 11 eagle feathers, I just, it's also acknowledging the students that went through that horrific trauma and they're, you know, hopefully all getting counseling and, and working through the, like I said, the trauma of, of that whole event. And, um, also, eagle feathers for the, the kids that didn't make it out because there were thousands and thousands of, of children that uh, died or were murdered or, you know, left left to starve or tried to escape in the wintertime. And um, so it's to honor them as well. And um, uh, 11 is a big number in a lot of different cultures, but also uh, for Indigenous people too because it represents um, the four directions and then also the seven grandfather teachings 
so that's why I chose all, the number of them um, for that kind of really awesome meaning, but then also it just, it looks pretty cool as well. Um, and then the, the coloration of it, like orange, black, white, and yellow, um, those are colors from the medicine wheel in um, Ojibwe culture, Anishinaabe culture. And uh, I kind of, <clears throat> I wanted it to look like a sunrise because, you know, it being an orange shirt, um, it's it's very bright and you know I just kind of wanted like every day is a new day to try and be better or a better version of yourself so I thought that would arranged in the sunrise would be um, pretty beautiful yeah it is so beautiful it is such a beautiful shirt it's definitely one that you want to wear on days that aren't just September the 30th <laughs> but um, do you think that do you think that's a, the significance of uh, Orange Shirt Day is going to be greater this year because of what we've gone through since March, because of COVID, because of these social movements, because of a larger societal conversation about lives that matter? Like, do you think that, do you think it will be different this year? Do you think I that mean, you'll take on a greater significance? I think so. I think for, so for sure. And I think through all of the things you just mentioned, which, you know, in they're not positive thing like the the reason for all of this stuff is not it's not super positive but the positive thing we can take from it is that people's like blinders are off and they're like what else hopefully like what else can i know about like what what's going on here like at least from where i sit in the circles that i'm kind of like observing and, and a part of as well like there's like a woke culture, like trying to just be better allies and just be better people in general. So I think with people not having to go to work maybe as much, especially because I think most people, most of the countries in phase three, um, you know, they are returning to work, but at a gradual pace. But so there's still time to kind of, I'm sure during the day, some people didn't work if they were at home and just kind of looked up stuff and, you know, they just have more time to process things and observe what's going on in, in the world. And that's thanks to COVID, I guess, like if you could say that. Well, also it has provided an opportunity with kind of remote activities to yeah. bring people together in ways they may not have. When I spoke to Natasha Henry, who's the president of the Ontario Black History Society at the end of May, she was like, you know, there was an international Soka <laughs> concert that I was able to attend, but I wouldn't have been able to attend normally because it was in the Caribbean yeah. in Canada, um, which makes me think to like go back to something you talked about, about um, being two-spirited, being gay, because I know that there were virtual pride events and that you participated in a few of them in your capacity as like, like mentor artists. I, I, I feel like I remember. Yes. Yeah, a little. Um, Egale is um, a organization in Toronto that um, works to like, help out in any way possible like um lgbtqi uh, youth across across canada and I, I do believe they they do some international work as well um and they had because of every all the problems were canceled they kind of like tried to line up some um some talent so there was uh priyanka queen priyanka she was on there um and who else was there before uh, she was queen 
But I, yeah, I think she knew she was because this was in June, but you know, obviously oh, the, way, right. the way the TV works. But um, yeah, they had her on there, uh, myself, and a few others that are in different jobs, different capacities, but um, LGBT youngish people that are, are kind of trying to be positive role mo models. And so that's, I just sort of answered questions from her, which was a lot of fun. And you have done work with youth, like you do, um, uh, you do classes, right? You, you, yeah. and so do you want to talk a little bit about that before we kind of do a wrap up? Sure. sure. Um, I've never wanted to be a teacher, but you know, as I said earlier about like an opportunity is an opportunity. And at the time, I think when I started, I was like maybe 23 or four and uh, friends of mine were like, we want to know like how, like what is your process? How do you paint? Um, teach us a class or something. And the best part was that I didn't really know what my process was, but that like in trying to teach it, you sort of figure out how do you get from point A to point C? These are the steps in the middle. And so now I kind of really like it. And it's, it's a, such a joy to like show someone that is not inherently artistic that they can, they can kind of create something that they love and, you know, they could give it to mom or whatever. But, um, so it started with adults and then I got kind of working with, with schools and with kids and stuff. And it's, it's just a great opportunity to expose kids to like indigenous culture in like a fun way. And I think they, when I remember being like a little kid too, and always kind of wanting to, color my older brother's coloring books because they were just cooler than mine. And, you know, the artwork that I, I give these kids to do, sometimes it's pages from my coloring books. Um, and they're just so amped to like, that they get to cool, or sorry, they get to paint like a, or draw on a, a cool picture and stuff. So, I mean, I've, I've done little classes. I've done huge, huge classes with, with a bunch of kids and it's, you get something different out of it every time. And, um, I, it's a lot of energy output. I'm sure, as you know, as, as a teacher too, like, you know, you want it to be good. Like you can't just like phone it in and, and be half-assed because like then what they receive, the energy that they're getting from you as an instructor is, is only going to be like so much. And um, so and I don't do it often because <laughs> it tires me out. But. Yeah. I mean, it is tiring because it is using a different type of superpower. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Um, you know, one of the things about teaching, which I can speak about better than art, although I think there's probably some, you know, parallels that if you don't allow yourself to rest and like know yeah. when it's draining, you aren't able to access those superpowers, right? Yeah. And I think that's what's so great about moments or days that help kind of remind you and spark, like, let's engage in activism, let's engage mm. in creative uh, forms of imagining for the future, um, which is something I talk about on this series a lot. And so I think that like element of being aware of the draining part of the energy demonstrates like the strength of your energy when you are like at full capacity, you know? For sure. And, you know, as you probably know, it's like when you see in people's eyes and they're, and also like the way that they're, vibing after like that that it worked and what you taught them is like sinks in and and they're excited it really makes you excited too that you know you tried something new or maybe not new but just like it's kind of scary going into a class every time and being like all right like 
let's just put it out there and hopefully, you know, they pick up what I'm laying down. And when they do, it's just, it's a great feeling. Yeah. And like that fear for me, I think that fear as an educator reminds you of the humanity of the people in the room and reminds you of your own humanity to co-create something that can Mm -hmm. lead to something really meaningful and transformative for the people in the room. And in doing that, you transform yourself and have meaningful experiences. Yeah. And I think that's honestly like what you just described is definitely like a feeling that I love to chase in, when, in doing educational work with, whether it be like kids, you know, uh, teenagers, young adults, like I've even done classes with elders before, which was fun. Um, yeah. It's it just like, of course I'm going to say yes to like teaching a class somewhere. Um, and what's been kind of really fun as well is that like, I'm also an entrepreneur, so, you know, I'm not just doing shirts for social campaigns, but I also make shirts for people to wear it and just, like, enjoy and feel good in. Um, You know, I also do mugs, but, like, um, houseware products, all things like that. But, you know, in packaging an educational product to send out there, um, I've gotten to travel to some really cool places um, in Canada, and that's something that, you know, it definitely wasn't on my to-do list entrepreneurially, but... Um, is something that I look forward to when someone, you know, buys that package. And like maybe, not to like speak for you, but like maybe also keeps you and your art grounded in a way that it's yeah, not just yeah. like, oh, it's just with money, dude, but like yeah. about making change and about using superpowers. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, for sure. And, you know, I, I go, it's not that I'm 32 and I've, I've kind of, and you just had your birthday. I did on September 4th. Um, so I've been at this job for six years. I think I just honestly, I had my work anniversary in, in August. Um, and each year gets easier, but then you sort of learn things about yourself as you kind of go on. And, you know, after a while of, of this job, there's seasons of it where like, I love painting and I, so I, I paint all the time and then I'm like, Oh, I love designing. So I designed shirts and products and things. And then it's like, now it's teaching mode. So it's like different seasons of this job that I, I just kind of learned, learned to, to watch and try and figure out what season I'm in and then act from there instead of like trying to force myself to design when it's just not happening. It's like, okay, it must be, you know, time to move on a little bit or try something else on. Yeah, and I think that's what's really exciting about your work because from, you know, from meeting you at a small community art fair a few years ago to um, having your shirts produced by Rogers and you're going to have puzzles soon, which I know you're excited about, about um, as a way to, uh, like, wrap up the conversation, can you tell people where they can learn more about you? buy your stuff, uh, maybe tap into this stuff that you do for education, but also where to buy this shirt. So, uh, patrickhunter.ca, it's a pretty easy one to find, um, is where you can find um, my little shop, but then also like there's um, a gallery of my artwork and stuff on there uh, with descriptions and content about what each piece means. And then this shirt you can grab from uh, tsc.ca slash we wear orange um, and that'll link you right up to one of these shirts um, 
you can buy them for, I think, a few weeks after the 30th as well. So you can have yours for next year. And if you just want to rock it whenever you want, um, hit them up. Yeah, it's, um, it's so fantastic to be able to have this shirt because I'll be wearing t-shirts a lot more at home, working from home. But to have such a beautiful t-shirt to remind us of the importance of learning about um, residential schools, but also the legacy um, mm -hmm. of residential schools and um, in settler populations, developing, like understanding that as a key element to develop relationships of reconciliation is, I think, a really important element to um, to how we're going to think through moving forward from COVID. And so, mm -hmm. like, to have the shirt is a great reminder of that. Well, that's good. Like, I'm glad that, you know, is, is that's a great thing. to Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome very much. You're welcome very much. I'm so glad that we were able to connect for this. Thank you for finding time. Um, is there anything else you want to like promote? Any future work that we should know about related to this? Um, off the top of my head, I don't, related to Orange Shirt Day? Yeah. Um, I believe, I mean, stay tuned to Rogers for sure because I think we're going to be doing quite a big blowout. I, I'm not sure if, I can't remember if I'm doing it, or they haven't asked yet, but I feel like maybe I wrote it down, but I'm going to be doing an online paint class for like on one of their platforms, maybe. Um, just, yeah, stay tuned. I, if you're in Toronto, go check out the, the Rogers building at Dundas Square. It has all the information about Orange Shirt Day that you want to know, and it looks really cool. And it feels good for me because my artwork is on there. Yeah, it's amazing to see the artwork that um, that big. Did you see it? Pardon? Did you go and see it? Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, cool. Yeah, Did you yeah, I'll post it? a picture. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I hope the rest of your time uh, up in Sault Ste. Marie goes well. Um, and uh, and I'll always kind of link to your work when it comes up. So keep thank doing you. great work. <laughs> no problem. I won't let you down. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Pandemic Pedagogy series of the Meaningful Learning with Dr. Samantha Cotrera podcast. My first book, Transforming the Canadian History Classroom, Imagining a New We, will be available in the latter half of 2020. Order on Amazon or through your local bookseller today.